0: G'day and welcome to the Fasting Highway podcast, the podcast that's all about intermittent fasting. I'm your host Graham Curry from Perth, Australia. I lost sixty kilograms or one hundred and thirty-two pounds living an intermittent fasting lifestyle and have successfully maintained that weight loss. I'm also the author of the Amazon category best-selling book, The Fasting Highway, which will give you a great insight into what it's actually like to live it day to day, how to get started, what it's about. What are some of the health benefits that come from it, and how to turn it into a successful long-term lifestyle? In this series of podcasts, you'll be hearing from people from all over the world, from the beginners to the experienced and those that are on the journey. You'll also be hearing from some leaders in the intermittent fasting community, and you'll also be hearing from some past guests as we recheck in to see how they've been going. And thank you for joining us here on the Fasting Highway, enjoy the show. G'day! And this is episode 176. And just before I get started today, I have some exciting news to share. You may have seen in the Facebook group that we've started a Patreon community for the podcast, and that's to help us bring it to you uh, commercial-free and continue to do that into the future each and every week with our amazing guests. So if you're a regular listener of the podcast and you enjoy it, you feel like you get something out of it each week, I'd really hope that you consider supporting the podcast by becoming a Patreon member. Uh, You will get something back in the benefits there. Uh, To read all about that, you'll see the link in the show notes. So that's www.patreon.com forward slash The Fasting Highway. And you can choose from the two levels of support there. And you can really make a difference in people's lives out there for us to be able to continue to bring this podcast to people around the world. Well, I just quickly wanted to give a shout out to our Patreons that joined up this week. And I'm, I'm talking about Sarah, uh, Judy, Glow Planet, Nancy, Robert, Chrissy, John, Daniella, Rita, Susie, Judith, Yana, Karen, Roger, Deborah, Patty, Karen, uh, Robert, uh, Ruth, Rochelle, Stephanie, uh, Belle, Marianne, Cordelia, Lindsay, Elizabeth, Jennifer, Christine, Mandy, Tina, Jeanette, Marge, Allison, Lisa, Sarah, uh, also Karen, Elaine, Holly, and Louisa. Thank you to all of you. Uh, Your contributions are going to make a huge difference and make sure this podcast continues into the future. Okay, let's get on with today's podcast. I'm excited to be joined by Martin Shear. and Martin's a 71-year-old retired CEO of an 84-year-old family business, and he's been retired for some years now, and he has an absolute passion to do whatever he can to spread the word about the incredible health benefits of intermittent fasting. As you'll hear right through this podcast, that passion is apparent. Martin also has maintained a pretty good weight loss there for some years now in his retirement, but he likes to keep the title of CEO and he's changed the description to Chief Eating Officer. He also has started his own Facebook community, where he's joined by other people passionate about intermittent fasting, as you'll hear about in this podcast. But before we go any further, Let's listen to Martin's story in his own words. Welcome, Martin. Oh, g'day, Martin. Welcome to the Fasting Highway, and thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me here, Graham. It's a pleasure to meet you, finally.
0: The pleasure is all mine, mate. You're a very inspiring member of our community. And Martin, for people out there that may not know you or your story, if you wouldn't mind sharing a bit of that backstory about your health and weight and sort of thing, and what led you to the pathway of intermittent fasting?
1: Okay, well, intermittent fasting comes kind of later in my story, and uh, it and uh, I, I got about. I'm I'm 71 years old, and I have a long story, and uh, so I had to make it kind of concise. and uh, And uh, intermittent fasting was brought to me by Jen Stevens. Uh, she wrote, you know, wrote fast feast repeat, and uh, I, I found that in a bookstore in Cape San. Uh, Pape Sandblast, uh, Florida and uh, and I, I found the book and I read the book and uh, it was towards the end, uh, towards the end of my weight loss period and I was looking for maintenance and uh, and I used that use that for maintenance and uh, I took right to it it was it was it was terrific and I, I got onto it real easily and I've been doing it for about two and a half years.
0: Fantastic. So when you started, after you discovered Jin's book, and big shout out to a good mate Jin there, what were you doing? What was your protocol, Martin? Why did you choose that?
1: Okay, so I was, uh, when I started, I, I actually, you know, uh, started at about 18.6 uh, the first day. The next day I did 24. And then I stayed at 24 for about, uh, I don't know, six months or so. And then I've, I've ended up at 22.2, Two, and that's what I do every day.
0: And so let's talk about now your sort of why for doing this. And what was your background with your weight and your history and that sort of thing, your stats when you first started? What base were you coming off? Where did you get to with your high weight and that sort of thing with your weight? Oh, okay. I was,
1: I was at 234.6 is the highest I've ever weighed. And, uh, and I, I gradually gained about a pound a year for 40 years. And during my career, it was I uh, exercised like a maniac but uh, I out ate everything just a little bit. So um, so I, w- I was 234.6 and, uh, you know, I'd had an- enough with dieting and doing all that stuff and I was ready to, to, uh, to lose some weight. So I made an irrevocable commitment to lose weight and I started writing my own plan.
0: Yeah. Was there a catalyst moment that came along? Was it a health sort of question as you're aging, you're heading towards 70 that well, you sort of thought, wow, I've got to do something here?
1: Yeah, well, sorry. To tell you, to tell you the truth, I was just upset that I could run my business and do that for thirty-five years, but I couldn't lose weight, and that that really kind of bugged me. And I guess the uh, the watershed moment was thinking about my mother, who had diabetes, and uh, and for a number of years, and she had to have her fingers amputated before she passed away, and had all kinds of health problems. And I was, uh, I was concerned. I was, uh, my dad died when he was 54. And I was 57. At the time, I started working on my plan. And I I just didn't want to have that ambulance ride to the hospital or anything. I was really concerned about my health, even though I'm not in bad health in any way. I have a few little issues that have clear, cleared up with intermittent fasting. But, um, but it was, uh, it was just wanted to be here to take care of my family and be around. And, uh, you know, as I was always upset that my mother, if she had been around now, she could have done intermittent fasting and I would have known about it and maybe could have helped her one day.
0: Yeah. So you had a few whys there and that sort of thing. And, and then seeing your mother in that situation, I'm sorry she was. And I think those are the sort of moments that we sort of take stock of our health. Don't we? You mentioned there that you're 71 and you certainly don't look 71. I've got to say, you look a man that's in his 50s. So that's well done to you for that. So let's talk about that plan that you were doing. How did you devise that? And what was that consisting of?
1: Okay, for myself. So I was a, a CEO of a business for 35 years until I retired. I was part of a 83-year-old family business, and I, and I was um, second generation. And uh, so when I was 22 years old, I had to go straight into the business because my fa- father passed away. And I have a brother, David, and we were in business together the the plan was I, I did what i did as a ceo i didn't know i never had any other job except to be the ceo of my company so what i would do every morning is i would start the day with a 1 hour uh meeting with myself i wouldn't have any distractions or do anything but uh what i needed to do i needed to work on my business and not in my business and i would uh I would spend an hour with myself. I'd look at my key figures for the day, my key performance indicators. Uh, I love numbers and I would um, uh, identify problems and prioritize problems and solve problems and uh, uh, do just you know what CEOs do. And I'd, um, I, I kept score, I, uh, I d- did, things to keep my mind positive and to try to build up the culture with the company, uh, you know, uh, thought about recruiting, all the stuff that nobody could really do for me. I made sure I got my most important stuff done first thing in the morning.
0: Let's move into your fasting. Now you mentioned there that you started with that 19 and five. Let's talk about your eating window. Were you eating all the things at that point? or Were you delaying anything? Uh, no, I was, I was pretty much
1: eating anything. Cause I started, I started pretty fast and uh, I was, you know, hungry as hell when, uh, you know, on the first two or three days. But I, I ate whatever I wanted and I ate too much and I'd get too full and I'd be hungry, you know, real hungry the next day. And and but after about, I guess about, I'm not sure how long because it's been a while back. It's been I probably in about two weeks was beginning to get a little bit comfortable with it. But uh, I kept it at two. I ate whatever I wanted. Uh, I had, you know, I would have a drink, I'd have some sugar, I'd overeat just whatever I was eating, but uh, just kind of worked my way into it. But I wanted to rip the bandaid off because I really wanted to get into this lifestyle. And I really, um, I, I was used to not really eating breakfast. I would just go you know straight to the office and stuff when I was working and everything. So it wasn't a big leap to get to that, you know, you know, Short a window, a uh, shorter eating window, right right off the bat.
0: Yeah, and sort of when you're a child, was weight an issue for you as you were growing up through your teenage yeah, years? Yeah, well,
1: yeah, well, I think you know my mother told me she thought I was a chubby fetus, and she thought that I that I was twins when she had me. I weighed about nine pounds um, when I was born, which in 1951 was a pretty big baby. Um, I had three mothers that took care of me. Actually, I had my biological mother. Her name was Sylvia. I had my grandmother, whose name was Honey. I lived in the same room with Honey. And I had a, a house. My mother had a housekeeper because she worked in my my father's business. And uh, her name was Mary. And they were all from the Depression. And they knew what it was like to be hungry. And, you know, my, my parents, my father's parents, he, he started a business and he was, uh, he was uh, actually started with a, a paper route that turned into a clothing route, and then the furniture store. And um, they, I, I did have problems because they overfed me all the time, and I was pleased to get the food. I was trying to please them, and uh, and and when I was going and re-examining everything in my, uh, and in, in my plan that I was trying to do, I, I figured out that I had acquired 17 different problems or bad habits before I was 10 years old and i think i think a lot of that was from them just trying to make me happy i had wonderful parents and you know i am blessed with everything in my life and and how i was brought up and the value system my parents had and how i was raised But uh, they really wanted to feed me because of that depression mentality. And I was super ready to do it. I was always hungry, it seemed like. And I didn't know what fullness felt like or if you were not supposed to be full.
0: Circle back a bit. Why intermittent fasting? And when I talked about, when I say why, what was it that sort of appealed to you about it?
1: I liked that. I really wanted to have a maintenance plan. And I was doing eat less, exercise more on the plan that I did for 12 years. And I, and I didn't want to keep doing that. So intermittent fasting, when I read the book, uh, Jen's book, it made so much sense to me about what it said. And I felt like I could do the fasting. And I I wasn't thinking about ever gaining my weight back again. That was never a possibility. So I really just, it seemed like a reasonable thing to do. I understood exactly what it said. And it seemed like uh, I, just, I just took right to it, Graham. I, I just thought it was it was really kind of easy after you'd been doing it for about three or four weeks. At first I was thinking, you know, where's my next meal coming from? This is really weird because I was doing OMAD, but um, I don't know, after a month, six weeks or whatever, it's beginning to feel real natural and it stayed that way for the last two and a half years since I've been doing it.
0: Yeah. When you talk about OMAD there, one meal a day lifestyle, was it more of a restaurant style you were doing, like opening with a snack, then having a main and then sometimes a dessert? Or how did that roll with your own
1: Yeah, th- this, this is what I did. I would come home and I would eat usually some raw vegetables. It could be carrots, celery, anything that we had around. And I put some hummus or stalls on it and I'd chew on that. And I always uh, recently I've been into seeds and nuts. You know, it, it's kind of what, what my body's craving and we got to listen to our body. But I might need eat, eat that or I might have a piece of protein or something with a little fat in it. But I just ate probably, a, you know, to make it relative, of, you know, a couple hundred calories of a little something. And then me and my wife visit every night and watch TV and talk and, and whatever. And, uh, and we have a drink and uh, we just talked. I had a little snack and then she would make dinner and we'd sit down together and, and have our meal.
0: Yeah. And I mean, has your taste changed since you started intermittent fasting or the type of food you eat now compared to what you used to before? Or has that changed totally, particularly when uh, you were at your highest weight there? Not really. I I've,
1: I've, I live pretty much a low, I eat, I eat everything I want and anything I want, but I, I live a low carb lifestyle and I have a lot of meat and I have a lot of vegetables and I have, uh, you know, just different things. But it It really hadn't changed. The only thing that's changed is I have no desire uh, to eat junk food as much as I used to. And I never really ate a ton of junk food, but now I just, you know, crave, crave nutrition all the time. And if you eat just one meal a day, you got to have something that's going to keep you nourished and satisfied. And, uh, And I've never loved vegetables so much before. I just... Uh, I've always liked vegetables, but now that's like the first thing I really want to eat. Like you asked, when I come home, sometimes if there's some leftover vegetables from the night before, I'll I'll chew on those vegetables and that'll be the first thing I eat. And I probably enjoy it as much as anything I eat during the meal.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to have good nutrition, isn't it? Even with an intermittent fasting lifestyle. I know myself, my taste certainly changed over the years, and I almost got to the point of becoming a food snob. Well, I did become a food snob because (laughs) my window has to be worthy, right? That's the way I look at it. And I like to Mm -hmm. say I like to eat what makes me feel my greatest, not what my mind wants, because eating what my mind wanted got me to the 360 pounds that I became. And so I think Mm -hmm. it's really important that we have to work out what serves our body the best, doesn't it? And I think nutrition is really important, particularly as we age, I think. So and so is a nutrition and, and you delve into the science much at all?
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, just, you know, to a certain level, but I read um, Jason, I read the obesity code and the diabetes code and uh, I listened to just unbelievable amounts of podcasts. You know, I'm retired and I'll probably spend two hours a day listening to you and Jen and uh, you know, all the, all the people out there because I'm extremely interested in learning as much as possible. Um, uh, the, the science is so interesting to me about the insulin, and, and we were just taught everything so wrong with the calories and all that. It's, it's just a shame. It kind of breaks your heart to see what it's done to our country and, and the world over the years, you know, everybody onto the wrong thing. It's, it's, really, it's really a shame.
0: Yeah, and I think when it comes to obesity, the first country sort of people point a finger at is the US. But, you know, I've traveled widely, and I've got to say it's a global problem. And it's certainly getting out of control here in Australia. I've seen it growing literally on the streets here. And and then since we've had the advent of fast food, more stores built on every street corner down here in Australia, and you're really starting to see that correlation in our shopping malls and on our streets, on our beaches, heavier and heavier people. And it's just out of control. And I think intermittent fasting is such a great tool to control obesity and to reverse it. And I'm really hopeful that our doctors might get on board with that. But what did your medical sort of people think about you doing this? Have you talked to them about it at all? So I have uh, two doctors
1: that I can I can tell you about. One of the uh, my internists, uh, uh, you know, I was telling him he was looking at my blood work and everything was great, and he told me uh, he t- he told me everything's looking good. What are you doing? I said, well, I'm doing intermittent fasting, and he said, oh, you know, I've kind of heard of that. How's that working and everything? And what do you do? And I told him that I eat one meal a day. And he said, okay, well, well, that's good. And I, and I said, you know, and my digestion seems like it's the best it's ever been because, you know, when I'm not digesting things, you know, autophagy is going on. And he said, what is autophagy? He he had never heard the word before. And then uh, the the other thing is I I go to a cardiologist to get a checkup every year and, and whatever. And he, he, uh, it's, it's really a new one, I kind of switched and I was talking to him and he, we were talking and he said, uh, now I mentioned to him I had to do, it to do an intermittent lifestyle and he said, really, I've been doing it for 12 years and I get all my staff to do that too, the ones that I can get them to do it. And he said, that's wonderful to keep doing it and hang in there with it.
0: Yeah, amazing. And as I said, you certainly don't look 71, mate, so they can't argue with how healthy and well you look. And I always say to people when I see them on the screen, we're talking on Zoom here, and the vibrancy in their skin and the sort of color of your eyes and everything else like that. That's what always jumps out at me with people and how much younger they look than what they actually are. And so I think intermittent fasting is so great. But you talk about the non-scale victories, Robert, and sort of the health benefits of intermittent fasting. I know you've had quite a few of those. So let's just run through those.
1: Um, I have 25 of them here. I don't know if you want to listen to all these, but go I'll, I'll, it, I'll, go through it. I'll go through them with you. I I only eat when I'm hungry. That never used to be that way. I would eat for all different kinds of reasons, but now I just only eat when I'm hungry by doing one meal a day. I don't think about food all day. I do not think about food or diets at all. I have mental clarity and focus. I have improved energy, improved mood. I'm more productive. I crave nutritious food and less junk. I've improved my eating behavior. I've enjoyed food more than ever before. And then on from a health and physical and mental standpoint, um, I'm at my beyond my wildest dreams weight, which I call it, I'm at uh, about 185 right now. And I've been maintaining it easily enough. My blood works great. Diabetes runs in my family and my A1C is normal. I've been always worried about it because it's on, on both sides of my family. I'm off two blood pressure medications uh, that I've been on since 35 years old. And my, blood, and my blood pressure is 105 over 70 is about what it averages when I wake up in the morning. Um, I had some atrial fibrillation episodes. I've had that for about 25, 30 years, I guess. It's been very mild, and I would you know have a few a year and this, that, and the other, and when I went on to uh, intermittent fasting, I've... I've had had zero in the first 18 months that, it was, that I was on it. I, I thought it went away, but they said it's never going to go away. But, you know, you've got it under control really good. The best part, Graham, is, that I've enjoyed is my GI tract feels like it's brand new since I do, started doing intermittent fasting. It's like somebody rebuilt my, my insides or something like that, And which I kind of messed up with. Uh, I don't know if you remember in the low-fat days, but there was something called a Lestra. And I used to eat Doritos during the low-fat years. I had these big bags of Doritos of 350 or 400 calories. And I would eat those every night before dinner. And I I think it about ruined my digestive system. But but, uh, it seems like intermittent fasting has really brought me back from that. One of the best things that has made me want to improve my health, the fact that I'm doing intermittent fasting. He say, now, what else, what else can I do for? You know, what else can I do for my body good? And I came up with uh, some things that i that I've done. I quit caffeine, been haven't eaten drinking it all my life. I eliminated half and half, which I'd pour a lot of it into my coffee every morning. I don't use artificial sweeteners anymore. I quit drinking diet drinks. I'm much better hydrated. I reduce pro- processed food. And uh, I really feel like I've had a lobotomy. Uh, I feel like my old brain's gone and I got a new brain in. And I totally rethink about my health from a different standpoint, not just what I want to eat every day or or even with my thinking. I, I've changed my thinking with it. And I'm much more positive. I don't worry as much. I was a little bit of a worry wart when I was in business and trying to see you know, what's the worst thing that's that can happen and instead of saying what's the best thing that, that can happen in business. So, uh, anyway, it, it's, it's been great that way. I actually, um, as far as the positive mind fight, uh, part, you know, I told you i identified 17 bad habits from my childhood. I built some affirmations around, uh, I do a lot with affirmations. It's real important to me. And it's really changed me as a person after I've, I've been doing them for about 12 12, 13 years from when I started trying to lose weight, even on the eat less, exercise more. And um, I I just took all the problems that I identified, the 17 problems, and I built some affirmations to change my thinking about it. And if you'd like, I'll just go ahead and and tell them for you. I've memorized them because I've said it so many times, and uh, I'll I'll share them with you. It takes about two minutes or something to go through them if you want to bear with me. Okay, I am the unstoppable, compassionate, chief eating officer of my mind and my body. I control food, food does not control me. I eat to live now, I no longer live to eat. Food is simply fuel for my body. So I eat what I need the most, not what I want the most. The nutrition score rules period end of story, so I manage my nutrition score. My mindset is now how little can I eat, not how much. My mindset is how slow can I eat, not how fast. My mindset is how soon can I stop? I eat to satisfy hunger only. I no longer eat for comfort. I no longer eat for entitlement, reward, celebration, out of boredom because I'm excited or because I have a craving or want something. No longer eat just to clean the food off my plate. I avoid the uncomfortable feeling of fullness forever. I select more whole, healthy, nutritious foods. I sit and I eat slowly, savoring every bite. I stop at satiety 66. In fact, the hungrier I am, the slower I eat and the slower I eat, the more I enjoy food. Every day is an opportunity to lose 0.2 pounds. I succeed in the moment, one moment at a time and one day at a time and I have an abundant, unlimited supply of willpower that never ends. I exercise for health, fitness, and enjoyment, and no longer for weight loss, and I create my own new healthy, itsy-bitsy, tiny micro habits for me to use for the rest of my life because I am the unstoppable, compassionate chief eating officer of my mind and my body, and I 100% believe that I will weigh 185, and I 100% commit that I weigh 185. 85. Now, 100% will stay determined to weigh 185 and stay within three pounds of that weight for the rest of my life.
0: Wow. Fantastic. Love it. Absolutely love it. Applauding here. I love that. I think Thank that's you. so important. I mean, that CEO that you were in your business for so long, you're now the CEO of your plate. That's it. Every day, you you make the decisions what you're going to eat on that plate. And it's just like running the business. You're running your body now. And you just made that mindset shift, and all those positive affirmations, and it's so important to say those sorts of things every day and turn that mindset around. And like you said, you were a worry before. All that's gone out the window now. You have confidence in what you're doing, and that's self belief. And I think intermittent fasting really does give us that belief that we're on a health plan that we can be really sort of certain that we're going to be in a good place for the rest of our life. So when you moved into that maintenance phase, let's talk about that because I always I found maintenance was a totally different ball game to losing the weight, right? Okay, um,
1: for maintenance, it really has not been a problem for me too much. Um, uh, I eat one meal a day. I've been real consistently eating it. Uh, sometimes I want to have a little more sugar than I normally do. I usually just have a little sugar every night. You know, maybe a hundred calories or something. This, that, and the other but um if i if i start really getting into the sugar then i might my weight might creep up but i keep a three point a three pound line in the sand weight so i keep it really tight and I, i do three rather than five or seven or something because sometimes you get right up to a i weigh every day sometimes you get right up to a three pound mark you're at two and a half pounds and you water shifts and the next day you get up and you're you know, a pound and a half over the three pounds. And if I was doing a five, he'd be at seven. If I was doing a 10, I'd be at 12. So I try to keep it tight at three pounds. So I really don't let myself get too far off. And, uh, and, I, and you know, being overweight all my life, I feel like I have to do that um, just just to be careful and to make sure that I maintain it. i don't I don't plan on doing anything but intermittent fasting the rest of my life, and I never plan on on uh, getting heavy in any kind of way again.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important, isn't it, to have that goal range rather than the goal number? Because often mm-hmm. people get sort of wound up about being a certain number rather than the goal range. And you've given yourself that three pounds. For me, it's about three to six pounds because I'm a big guy. I'm six foot mm-hmm. five tall, so, if I get up to the top of that range, then I'll wind it back in. And if I'm sort of down the bottom of the range, then I'll broaden my window out a bit. And so just recalibrating all the time. And I like to describe maintenance as vigilance without obsession. And that's how I feel about it. Like you still have to be vigilant, but you don't have to be obsessed. And I think the mental part is the biggest challenge for people doing intermittent fasting. Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, I wanted to tell you a story. It made me think of something when we we're talking about maintenance. The, uh, my my wife told me one time I was I was about 185 and I tried to lose I did a 42 hour fast and I got you know down a little bit. I was doing a I was doing a few 42-hour fasts like once every month or something like that. And so all of a sudden, me and my wife and we're in, you know, in bed and getting ready to go to sleep. And she said, you know, we've been married 50 years now, starting in January. And she said to me, Martin, you've got ribs. I never knew that you had ribs before. So that was kind of funny. But we're going to be married 50 years in next January. And we're thinking about going to New Zealand as one of the places. We, I was in Australia for business one time. Sorry to get off the subject, but I just wanted to tell you this while I was thinking about it. And, uh, and we really loved Australians. The, the people there said, you got to try going to New Zealand.
0: Come on down. You're welcome to come down to Australia, New Zealand anytime with your wife. And congratulations on 50 years. That's a hell of an achievement in itself, particularly these days, of course. And I often have people that come to me and they say, Oh, listen, I'm too old to do intermittent fasting, Graham. I'm 50 or I'm 60 or I'm 70 and I'm too old. What do you say to people that say they're too old to do intermittent fasting?
1: Oh man, that you just hit hit my 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 hot point there, right there. Um I work on you know a lot of my contemporaries to get interested i don't mind asking people you know to to, you know to think about it or whatever but it's they're they're scared of it they're scared of being hungry and they're scared of the health issues around it and uh and I just think there's so much potential for older people just so they can, they should, you know, I, I try to live to a hundred now. I never really thought that way, but now I'm, you no, know, I plan on living to a hundred and if I mess up and don't get it right. So I won't, I won't remember no big deal, but I live to be a hundred. And uh, it was interesting. I was talking to somebody in, uh, in, in Jen's uh, delay, don't deny uh, program that she has. And I got, I was, I was, I was on her podcast and some guy named Mariano Had uh, direct messaged me, and he said, "I heard what you said about trying to get um, older people to do intermittent fasting." He says, "Well, I'm 82 years old. I started intermittent fasting about um, three years ago. I lost a bunch of weight. Uh, Now people tell me like I I look 40 years old rather than 80." And he he works out, uh, and I don't think he can make the stuff. He said five five hours a day. He called it 300 minutes a day. He works out every day. He He runs, he swims, he does martial arts and all this stuff. And to talk to him was a real pleasure. He he was so motivated and excited about everything we were talking about. But I, I do believe that older people are missing the boat. and Not only older, I mean, if you're 20 years old, 25, and you have, I just can't understand seems like we need to beat it in their heads to, to, you know, try to do something about it or give it a try. The whole thing is very challenging and, uh, take it kind of personally. I, I it just, we, we know so much and there's so much we can do and we're not, we're not helping enough people, but we're making progress, I think.
0: Yeah, we are. Did you have any negativity around your intermittent fasting lifestyle from anybody in your support networks, your family or your friends or ex-colleagues, that sort of thing?
1: Uh, yeah, i uh when I first started, I think they looked at me like I was crazy. You know, I read that book on a trip and then I immediately started doing the intermittent fasting. And they they obviously didn't know anything about intermittent fasting. And I explained what I was doing. And I think they figured, well, this will just go away in a couple of weeks or something. We won't have to we won't have to discuss this anymore. But to make a long story short, my, my son started doing intermittent fasting and my wife's uh, doing intermittent fasting pretty much. Uh she has she don't have uh, a, a clean fast she puts something in her coffee but she just eats once a day mainly and she handles it handles it fine she doesn't need to really lose much weight but she she likes the lifestyle
0: yeah and how's your son been going with it
1: he's he's doing well he's been doing he's he's doing a lot of hours he was he's very he's uh, he's had some weight problems or whatever and he's gotten big over the last few years but he's losing weight and he's he's really sticking to it he's really into it and I'm proud of him for that
0: yeah good on him big shout out to your son there and and I think that's important that people see our results don't they and seeing is believing you know your son saw your results your wife's seeing your results and then they sort of join in so let's talk about your passion for sharing and your group that you run and that sort of thing what how did all that come about
1: Okay, so uh, I started, uh, I'm really not that good on social media or technology, you know, that's not my forte, but, you know, I was trying to figure out how to, how to like get, you know, uh, I've researched, researched it a lot, and I like it a lot, and I'm passionate about it, so I figured out, you know, maybe I'll just start a Facebook group, I didn't have any idea how to do it, so I just started one, and uh, and started posting something a day, and, uh, and I've, you know, I've, I've been doing it for about a year and three months or something like that, and I've gonna be right at five hundred, just you know a lot of my friends and family and stuff and it's it's beginning to grow, but it allows the important thing I don't really care how many people are in it it allows me to to touch some people and give them the idea of it I'm totally committed to. Anybody that I can get to even think about intermittent fasting—that's that's what I'm all about. And I take what I learn on the podcast and I share a lot of that, you know, and and with them. And and I know I've helped a lot of people lose weight already. They've shared with me, and uh, I pretty much talk about everything, but I concentrate on the intermittent fasting and what I've learned from that. And uh, I'm really enjoying it, and uh, I feel like I'm making a little bit of a difference in my group.
0: Yeah, well done to you. And I think it's important to spread the message. And I think, you know, the more that we get the message out, Robert, the wider networks that we do and the growth of your group, 500 people there. I know when I started my group, it was just myself and my wife. Now we're a global group with some 9,000 members in 100 countries around the world. And, you know, and I think that's just fantastic. And people can come and get the support in the Fasting Highway Facebook group or Robert's group or groups like that. And I think it's important to stay plugged in, isn't it? Like, we find our tribe and we find our people, that, so to speak, people that are in like-minded to us. And I think even when you sort of lose the weight, it's important to stay plugged into those communities. And I always think about it like it's a bit like insurance, really, isn't it? Like taking that insurance out and making sure that you stay connected with people rather than just losing the weight and then just drifting away from your support networks because support's really important.
1: Yeah, I was, I'm i really... Uh... I'm, I'm really into the community thing. Also, I'm, I'm in a number of communities. And it's just amazing. Uh, not so much, well, I guess it is the support, but I, I like the information and you ask questions. And uh, yours is a very active group and the, and people are real good to share. And you have a really, there's a lot of people that are participating in yours. Mine, they aren't really participating that much now. I'm just kind of posting. And there's some participation, but I wish it was a lot higher. And and, and, uh, and so, you know, people would really begin to get involved. There, there's a lot about the community that, that can really help people uh, get their mind right, uh, get them through a tough day, um, help them think of a new idea or just some little thing if they spend a little bit of time on it. And I've really enjoy, enjoyed yours.
0: Oh, thank you. And it's important, I think, just for people to know that there is a support network out there. And We're a global group like us, 24 hours a day. There's always somebody there to ask a question, no matter where you are in the world. And some people aren't social media people, Robert. Some people aren't Instagram people. And some people just don't want to talk about their weight in groups like that. So some people thrive on the one-on-one. I have quite a few people that come to me for one-on-one coaching and and they sort of say, well, I don't want to be on social media, but I want to get some help. So there's always help out there. And if you want to get some help from me, then go to the website, www.thefastinghighway.com and you can book in for that. But there's a number of ways we can share it. And I mean, the medical community is getting on board more and more. The university levels now, they're getting on board with intermittent fasting. As you know, I'm involved with some research here in Western Australia. And I think it's fantastic. And we're hearing about it more and more. In your own local community there, apart from your family and your network of your Facebook group, do you hear about intermittent fasting much? Um, no,
1: not really. <laughs> I, I don't. But I know that more and more people are doing it. But it doesn't seem like uh, it comes up in any conversations much that I'm talking about, unless it's people I know that are intermittent fasting. Can I ask you a question, Graham? You sure can. Is there a is is there a um I'm wondering, is there like a trade association for intermittent fasting or a place where uh, lobbying's done with medical facilities, or is any of that done? I hadn't really heard that, but I wanted to kind of ask and see if you knew anything about that or if there's a way to get involved.
0: Uh, I don't think there's a trade association and such, but I think it's not a bad idea to get one going around the world and get some people in different countries and sort of be a voice, if you so to speak. I think that'd be a great idea, actually, an approach to the medical community. But I think you've got to have the backing of the universities and the science to do that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's been great to be involved with that and sort of doing a research project. And the idea is to get a paper together that we can take to the Australian Medical Board and submit it for the journal and so for doctors to take it up. So I think by doing this podcast and doing what you do with your Facebook group, that's a great way to share and get people involved, isn't it? yeah, yeah, I
1: think so and and I also feel bad I, my heart goes out goes out to people that are struggling, and especially after hear all all the podcasts you know that that we listen to about the dramatic improvements that people make and to have to listen to their stories kind of heartbreaking in a way but the the best thing about the 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 like you and Jen and whoever's doing these podcasts that are about people's stories, they always have a happy ending. They, there's a problem or whatever at the end, they find intermittent fasting, and you can just tell everybody's enthusiasm when they end up letting you know how much weight they've lost and how their health benefits are are getting so much better. And if if people would just listen to a few of those, because you can't make this stuff up. People aren't that good at actors and actresses to have the sincere uh, notion of 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 you know being so thankful where they are and they'll and they'd say they're never going to go back again. It's just amazing. The message is pretty clear, but it always has a happy ending.
0: Yeah, and that's why I was convinced about if Robert, to be honest, like you know with you know when I first joined the Facebook groups and Jin Stevens groups, and it wasn't just one person or two people or three people. It was thousands of people. Every day I was seeing thousands of people right in front of me. You know, the evidence, the before and after photos, the stories, the podcast. And like you say, most times it is a happy ending. I can't say I've ever had a bad ending on any of my podcasts because everybody's Mm -hmm. got to that point where they found wellness. And that's important. And it's not just about the weight loss with intermittent fasting. I think it's much more than that. It's about the health benefits, the non-scale victories, the way we feel, setting ourselves up for longevity. You mentioned you want to live to 100. We all want to live to 100 now. I remember when I was 50, right? I was in Las Vegas and I was standing on the strip and I was 50 years old. And I was thinking, there's no way I'm going to see 60. No way. I am going to die because I'm an obese man and I'm unhealthy and I'm dead man walking, basically. I remember thinking that. And now when I hit 60, I'm thinking I'm going to do 80, 90 in the breeze now because my health is totally turned around in that decade between 50 and 60. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's self-belief, isn't it?
1: It, it is. It's uh, it's all that's in your mind. My my father, who's kind of an amazing father in person, he, he told me this advice and I, I think about it every day and I use it in my life and I try to tell other people, it's just simple. He told me when I was go to bed every night, Martin, you can do anything you make up your mind to do. And, uh, I didn't think about that much as a kid, but, you know, as I've gotten older, I, I think about that every day and, and people really can, if they make up their mind, if they irre- irrevocably commit to things rather than just try to do things. I, I hate the word try. Uh, you should either commit or decommit, as far as I'm concerned, if you're serious about making a change. And God knows we have to make a lot of different changes to get our health better. It's not going to happen if we aren't going to change something.
0: Yeah, you've got to be prepared to commit. You've got to be prepared prepared to change. And I think change is important, particularly if you've had bad habits in your life. And like you mentioned, you had 17 by the age of 10. And I think those bad habits can stick with us for a long time. And it's not until we change them when we start getting better habits. And I always Mm -hmm. found it took about four to five weeks to change habits and then start doing better habits. And I think with food, it is habitual Because when we're obese or overweight, we're habitual eating. We're eating for emotion. We're eating because something sad happened. We're eating when we're happy. We're celebrating. We're eating for all sorts of reasons, or we find reasons to eat. Even when we're not hungry, we still eat. And I think what intermittent fasting does, it teaches us to appreciate food more and to savor it. And when we have that meal, and I've talked about it before, it's like a theatrical experience. It's like having that really great experience every day, that worthy window, eating mindfully, deliberately, slowly. And do you think your style of eating has changed in the way you savor food now?
1: Oh, oh yes. Uh, I look forward to my one meal. I don't think about it all day. I don't think about food at all during the day, maybe about three o'clock. I'm wondering what what we're having for dinner. But... um, and I'm not hungry usually. I mean, I might get hungry every once in a while, you know, and, and if I if I do, I just eat something. If it's at lunchtime, I'll just eat something. I don't care. But when I get home and and have a delicious meal, I look forward to it. When I start eating it, I'm not really hungry, but as soon as I have my first bite, it's like you know, Katie Bar the door. You know, I I, I eat uh, you know very heartily and I enjoy everything. And uh I found one of the best things I learned when I was doing my own plan for my myself, Graham. Uh, of all the behaviors the most important thing to me that helped me the most was to just eat slowly and savor i was always the first one to to be finished with my meal now now i'm most of the time the last one to do it because i even as just eating one meal a day i try to make it last for you know for a long time as long as i can even though i'm so hungry and that's been a great discipline for me and has helped me No, very much in in my journey to, to try to lose weight.
0: Yeah, I think that's important. Eating deliberately, mindfully, slowly, and savoring our food rather than just hoovering it down and not sort of looking at what we're eating. And I think preparing the food is important too, like laying it out, putting it on your plate, making it look nice, sitting in the table rather than sitting with it on your lap watching TV. All those sorts of things can make a difference with our meal. And I think learning to eat to we're satisfied and not stuffed, that's a big thing, that appetite correction, isn't it, Martin?
1: Oh, yes, it, it really is. And, um, you know, with intermittent fasting, uh, it it changes that. I mean, I still, you know, when food is so good and you talk about the quality food, you want to keep eating. But, you know, when you get that sigh, or when you're just like at the very end of the, the meal and you're beginning to feel satisfied, you really don't want to want to overeat as much after that and after you get used to it 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 definitely the hormones kick in and and it it helps us you know quit
0: a little bit sooner yeah it does and we didn't talk about it earlier but exercise is that a part of your day now yeah um actually i've been doing that all my
1: life you know from since i was a very little kid i've always done sports i've been active Uh, During my years in my career, I I worked out at lunch and I worked out after dinner. I played basketball. So I've been doing that all my life. Uh, I do it seven days a week. I might miss when I'm sick. And the interesting thing about my weight loss is I was able to, I I use uh, exercise as my weight loss tool. And obviously it didn't work. I gained a year, a pound every year. I couldn't out exercise my eating habits. And then uh, something really interesting happened to me about eight or nine years into the journey of trying to lose weight. I had a pinched nerve in my back and I couldn't exercise. And uh, I was flipping out because I had to stay in bed for two or three weeks. So I I guess I didn't eat as much or whatever. And uh, when, when I finally got up after the two or three weeks that I was in bed, I got on the scale and I'd lost 11 pounds in three weeks not exercising. And then I said, well, this is all going to come back. And then uh, eventually about three pounds came back, but I netted an eight pound loss by stopping my rigorous grueling exercise. When I say grueling, it's grueling for me. It doesn't mean like for an athlete or something, you know, a fast walk or something like that. But uh, I was so amazed and it it really changed. I don't really exercise as much (laughs) as I used to because it sometimes can be counterproductive and wear your body out when you're at a certain age happy and pleased I've been able to exercise all my life. And I feel very fortunate that I have my two legs and, you know, can get out and walk and enjoy nature. And uh, it's good to be outside nature. That That's a healthy thing to do too. To
0: Winding it up, if you were sitting there in a cafe with your friends in your local town there, and they were saying, mate, you look so great. You look fantastic. Can you tell us what this is all about? How do we get started? What sort of words of wisdom would you give them? Um, i
1: I would tell them to get educated first. I'd you know give them probably your book, Jen's book, and uh, the obesity code, those three because they're all three done differently and and I, and I like how all three of them are done. And uh, if they were really serious, then I think they would read that book possibly. I'd then want them to come back and and talk to me and uh, let me hear what they learned to, to see if they actually did that, you know and, and tried to learn something. And uh, I think if you know on the obesity code, if you read the obesity code and you pay attention to it, and you see how the science in that particular book works, and you've if you've been a yo-yo dieter, been dieting all your life, and then you just see that one thing about the insulins causing the problem, then. If, if you were serious, you would pay a lot of attention to that. That, like, hit me, you know, right across the forehead and in front of the eyes and just about knocking me down when I learned that. That's nothing I'd heard, you know, my entire life, and I was 68, 69 years old when I heard that for the first
0: time. Yeah, amazing. Well, I think the obesity code is a great read for the science, but I also think that, you know, it's a heavy read, so for some people might find it overwhelming, but so it might be better to get the audible version where they can listen <laughs> to it because sometimes mm-hmm. it's easy to take the information and in when you're listening to it rather than reading it, because there's a lot of big words in there and some people may not be able to understand what those words are, but the science is undeniable. There's no doubt about that. There's also a great paper, 2019, December, 2019, from the New England Journal of Medicine. Uh, that was put out by Dr. Mark Mattson. And that was a summation of a number of studies that have been done into intermittent fasting about reversing aging, that sort of thing. So there's a lot of information out there, isn't there, you know, about intermittent fasting now. And and what's your hope for it? Where do you hope intermittent fasting might be in five or 10 years time? Well, first of all, I hope it's mainstream. I I Googled, uh, and I don't know if this is correct, but I
1: Googled how many people in the United States are are doing intermittent fasting. And I I did this this week and it came up at 24%. Uh, as of 2020. I don't know if that's accurate or not. I didn't really look at the source when I was kind of flipping through there anything. I would have thought it had been a lot lower. I was really surprised to see if it is 24 percent. But I think it's there's I don't think there's any doubt that it's going to get more mainstream and and, and people are going that the more people that are doing it, it just seems like there's I'm just sitting there watching this stuff all day, but it seems like it's going to leak out because everybody's so excited about it. Everybody can see the results. You know, I'm in the credit and collection business, and if you're in debt, ask somebody, would you rather be uh, out of debt or if you would rather um, get thin? And and I asked a group of employees one time, and they said, I'd I'd rather um, get thin then be out of debt. And I, and I said, why? And he said, because when you're thin, people can see that if you're out of debt, nobody would know that. It would be, it kind of be invisible. So I, I really think that people want to lose weight and get healthy. And if they can be educated in the, in the correct kind of way over time, I can't, I really am very optimistic that it'll get more and more mainstream.
0: But anyway, Robert, I can't tell you how inspiring you've been and what a great chat it has been. And thank you for joining me here today on the Fasting Highway.
1: Well, thank you so much. It's It's been a real pleasure and very much glad to meet you and keep up the good work that you do. I, I so much appreciate
0: it. Thank you. I enjoyed the show, wasn't I? Yeah, you did. You did. Oh, great. All right. Just a minute. Oh, thanks so much, Martin. Totally enjoyed that chat with you. And I think you're a very inspirational and motivational man. Thanks for sharing those fabulous affirmations with us. I've really found that quite cool and must tap into a few of those myself. Also, as you heard in the podcast or at the start, uh, we are now brought to you by our Patreon members. Uh, Patreon's a place where if you enjoy the podcast and you like to support it and see it continue, uh, you can do that by going to www.patreon.com forward slash the You'll see the link there in the show notes, tap that and you'll go to the site where you can pledge your support to the community in the Fasting Highway podcast and ensure its future, and I'd very much appreciate it if you could do that. Also, folks, uh, if you want to join the Facebook group, come and do that. There's over 9,000 members there that can help you get going with your journey. Uh, If you are looking for my book about my own story, you'll find that on Amazon. Uh, Also, if you want to do the uh, one-on-one coaching, you can go to my website, www.thefastinghighway.com. Uh, that's probably the best place to go for everything that I just mentioned. Okay, folks, until next week, be well, be safe, and remember, clean fasting is everlasting.